Motherhood plays an important role in the Bible. It binds the beginning and the end. These stories offer us a glimpse into the heart of God, and so we start at the beginning. Taken from the side of Adam, gifted with bringing forth life, the first woman was named Eve because she was the mother of all living. But she was also a mother in her own right, the first of many mothers to come. Though Sarah's womb was closed, God promised nations and kings would come from her. Ten years pass, and motherhood seems as impossible as the day it was promised. But the Lord is faithful to keep his promises, and Sarah bore a son who made her laugh. Leah was the firstborn, overlooked by her husband Jacob, who gave his heart to her younger sister. When the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb. Despite Jacob's disdain, she found her motherhood in the Lord. When Pharaoh became angry at the fruitfulness of the Hebrews, Jochebed sacrificed her motherhood for the sake of her son. When Pharaoh's daughter saw the child, she had compassion on him. Because of Jochebed's sacrificial motherhood, the Israelites found freedom. Naomi was a mother who experienced the loss of her sons. Yet she gained a daughter in Ruth who declared, For where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God. Naomi and Ruth became family by faith. Mary, a virgin and not yet married, was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. The motherhood of this blessed woman was more than the continuation of a family name, but a means for God to bring a savior into the world to save his people from their sins. From the garden to the cross, there have always been mothers. These women paved the way for all women, representing the full spectrum of the ways one could be called mom. Whether a mother in faith, mentorship, adoption, or by birth, you play an important role in the stories of generations to come. To all the Sarahs, Leahs, Jochebeds, and Naomis, Happy Mother's Day. Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us here at Converge Church. As you can see on this very special Sunday, Pastor Ray is taking a break because he allowed me to bring the message for Mother's Day. So I want to say a very heartfelt, happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers, whether you're a mother by birth or you're a mother by mentorship or you're a mother by adoption, however you are speaking into the lives of a child or the next generation, I say happy Mother's Day to you. I would like to also wish my own mom, Georgia DeLois, Granny Gigi, Ma, a very special happy Mother's Day. I thank you for all of your love, all of your support through the years, and even though I'm a grown, grown girl. I thank you still for always being there for me. I'd like to make a special, another special heartfelt 
from the bottom of my heart, love mentioned to my mother-in-law, or as I so affectionately call her, my mother-in-love. She is celebrating Mother's Day with the Lord Jesus himself. And so, oh my, we miss you dearly. I just wanted to mention uh, Elizabeth Harmon because she has had such a beautiful impact, such a godly influence on my life. And we miss her, but we remember her this Mother's Day. I'd like to also say Happy Mother's Day, or I shouldn't say Happy Mother's Day, but give a shout out to my kids. Without them, I wouldn't be a mother in this capacity. So to Levi Lafayette and Nia Kennedy, mommy loves you so much. And now to my baby daddy. And without you, I really wouldn't be a mother in this capacity. So Wilma Lafayette Jr., Junior Boy, Pastor Ray, I love you. I thank you. I am so glad that you are my friend. You are my pastor. You are my husband. You are my king. You are my prophet. And you are our priest. And so, baby, thank you for this opportunity. I love you with all my heart. Now, since all of the mushy stuff is out of the way, go ahead, grab your cup of coffee, get your Bible, get your pen, and we are going to celebrate Mother's Day prayerfully by God's grace with a bang. And so I'd like to introduce our message for today, and I've entitled this, Poor Me, A Mother's Day Prayer. Now, not poor me like P-O-O-R, like poor me, what was me? No, this is poor me, P-O-U-R, poor me, A Mother's Day Prayer. And as we look at Mother's Day, and as we look at just all of the great things Jesus has done in women and for women, what he's called us to do as mothers, whether we're a mother or not, there are so many beautiful examples from the word of God as how, as to how Jesus has graced us and he has blessed us. And we want to look to the word. I know we've heard it so many times before in, um, the kingdom and in uh, Christian circles, living a poured out life. And so this title is nothing new. It's nothing fancy. I wish I had something new. I wish I had something fancy, but you know what? If you just stick with the word, it'll all work out. But I entitled this message, Poor Me, as a sense of mm, maybe revival, We've been in quarantine. We've had a time to kind of get back to the basics, do a few new things, but really dig deep. At least at Converge Church, we've been encouraging you to dig deep. We've had our women's um, our women on Zoom calls every Tuesday for the last nine weeks. We've had our men's ministry on calls. We've had our leadership team. We've got our youth uh, joining together. And so we've had an opportunity as a church to be creative and to dig deep. But as we are doing that, we don't want to just keep it for ourselves. We want to pour that out and share it with the world. And so we're going to look to the word. Again, the title of this message is Pour Me, A Mother's Day Prayer. As mothers, we are always pouring. We're either pouring out or we're pouring in. But, and especially not just as mothers, but as women, we do a lot of pouring in the spiritual. We do a lot of pouring in the natural and in the physical. So let's look at it 
let's look at what it means to pour. I looked up the definition and I know in messages, this is nothing new, but I really wanted to see if there was a great tie in since this kind of came to me. So the first definition of pour means to flow rapidly in a steady stream. And I thought that that was very interesting because pour is very different from drip. Pour is very different from sprinkle. Pour is very different from uh, maybe, uh, well, dripping or sprinkling. Those have different rhythms to them. But pour means to uh, flow rapidly in a steady stream. It also means to cause to flow from a container in a steady stream by holding that container at an angle. And so as mothers, we need to be constantly pouring into our children. But what angle are we coming from? Are we coming from an angle from the world's perspective? Are we coming from an angle of just our family history? Or are we coming from an angle that is centered in Christ? Pour also means to prepare and then serve. And I love that definition as, as we, as mothers pour into our children or pour into the people that are around us, there is a level of preparation. And as we join together as a community of faith, whether it's through Bible study, whether it's through the Sunday services and personal study, that is our time of preparation. And then we can serve others with what is already in us. And the last definition, I love this. I find myself here often. It says to express one's feelings or thoughts in a full and unrestrained way to pour out of us. And I love that because with what Jesus has done for us, we see that he's poured out his love on us. That is not just a, a, a nice little phrase it's not just uh, something cutesy, but it's actually what he did. He expressed his love for us in a full and unrestrained way by going to the cross, by coming as our savior, then going to the cross and raising up again. And so we're going to look at a few different passages. I'd like to think in my mind that we're going to pray a little bit of biblical hopscotch today. We're going to be in the Old Testament and the New Testament, but we're going to look to God's word as we are asking him to pour us out at a greater extent. This is my first question to you in Converge Her Women's Ministry. They know generally every week for our lessons, I have a question. So ladies, you can write this down if you're taking notes. What do you have? That's the first question I ask. What do you have? Even though I normally use the New King James translation, I'm going to read this particular scripture from the New Living Translation. So if you have your Bibles with you or your electronic devices, go ahead on and turn to 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, starting at the first verse. We're going to read verses one through seven. Again, that scripture reference is 2 Kings chapter four, verses one through seven out of the New Living Translation. It says, one day, the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, my husband who served you is dead and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. And Elisha asked her, 
What can I do to help you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? Her response was, nothing at all except a flask of olive oil, she replied. Verse 3, and Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her and she filled one after another. Soon, every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. Verse 7, when she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. So I asked you when we started, what do you have? A lot of times as mothers, we can feel so inadequate, especially if we are comparing ourselves to a mother that's on Instagram or someone that we go to church with or someone that we work with. The very limited information that we are privy to can make us think we don't have anything or we're not good enough or we're not measuring up or we don't do things like Sally from down the street. And so the question is, what do you have? And this story shows me an example that we don't have to have anything extravagant or elaborate. Number one, for God to meet our need, God will use exactly what we have. So let's go back and unpack that uh, scripture. Elisha, who was the protege or the mentee to the prophet Elijah. This widow says, hey, my husband, he served with you prophets. He worked with you now that he's dead. My two sons, we have debt, and my two sons are going to be taken as slaves, which was the custom in that time and age. If you had debt, the creditor could take family members, take your children, and they would have to serve as indentured servants until the debt was paid. So here, this woman, this mother, has no money coming in. She's actually a widow. Her husband is gone. The creditor is at the door, and she's got these two sons. And I love her very dignified mama bear that comes up. She didn't get in a corner and start crying and praying, oh Lord, what am I going to do? She went to the man of God. She took her issue to God himself and said, what can I do? That's a beautiful example for us as mothers. When all everything is breaking loose, we just have to brace ourselves, not panic and run straight to God ask for his wisdom. That's exactly what this woman did. And she did everything that Elisha told her. But let's look now at the second part of verse two out of second Kings four. When the prophet asks her, tell me, what do you have in the house? Look at her response. She says nothing at all, except in the new King James version. She says nothing, but how many times have you felt like, I don't have it. I don't have what it takes. I'm not making enough money. I, I don't have the skill set. But she, oh, she had an accept. I have nothing except. 
What is the except? What is the leftover? What is the little bitty thing that you think is of no value that God can use? You don't have to compare your motherhood style to anybody else. Your children are not just biology because you and your husband or your significant other got together. Those children are souls assigned from heaven with a plan and a purpose. Just as you are a soul assigned from heaven that God has a plan and a purpose for. So if you get to a situation and the question comes up, what do you have? Your immediate thought in the natural can be, I don't have anything out of our own desperation. So many people have been uh, furloughed or laid off or lost their jobs, even during this uh, quarantine season. And you may feel, I don't have anything. I've got nothing left to give. But then there is a little remnant in your mind, except. And do you see the example right here? That which she had was enough for God to use. Oh, that is so beautiful. The prophet tells her, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and your neighbor neighbors. What is at your disposal that God can use? Is it, incur- is it an encouraging word? Is it a song? Is it service? Can you just bake a really good pound cake? What is it that God can use to be a blessing, not just to yourself, but to someone else? God can use what is left. Here's this widow. She says, all I have is a little flask of oil. And that little bit of oil was enough. And look, you all, we've already read this, but let's look at the rest of the scripture. What she had was enough. I want you to write that down, but make it personal. What I have is enough. Yes, we are celebrating Mother's Day and we are honoring mothers, but that is a word for everyone, male, female, mother, father, sister, brother. What I have is enough. Put in the hands of God, it is. it can be multiplied and overflowing for your good and for his glory, as we see right here in the scripture. Nothing but what is behind your excuse. I almost said what is behind your butt, but we are in a sermon. (laughs) What is behind your excuse? Don't overlook or underestimate what you possess. What is it that you possess? For so many years, even from a little girl, I've always liked good singing. But if you go to Converge Church you know very well that this voice is not a singing voice. There are so many things that I would love to do and I'm just not graced in that area. And so there can be times that I can feel like, well, I'm not this. As a stay-at-home mom, I can say, well, oh, well, I don't have a job or or, I don't work or, or I can't do this. But what is it that I have? I do have encouraging words. What is it that I have? I have a very strong prayer life because I know you can't believe I'm a big talker. So it is easy for me to talk to the Lord. What I have is enough. It might not be this thing over here, but what you have is enough. Don't overlook or underestimate what you possess. 
Now, grab your Bibles again. We started off in 2 Kings, but we're going to flip back to 1 Kings. 1 Kings, the 17th chapter, verses 8 through 16. I'm going to be reading from the New King James translation. Let's go to 1 Kings 17, verses 8 through 16. It says, then the word of the Lord came to him saying, and this was to the prophet Elijah now, then the word of the Lord came to him saying, arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. Verse 11. And as she was going to get it, he called out to her. The prophet Elijah called out to this widow and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. Verse 12. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. Only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. Verse 13, and Elijah, the man of God, the prophet said to her, do not fear. And I say that to you, that is such a strong word right now in this season right here all over the world, whatever little bit you have because of your circumstance, do not fear and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first. So here it is. You've got this widow. She's got a son. She's by herself. Again, I know this is mother's day. I don't want to highlight widows, but this is the word of God. I want to highlight mothers. Here she, she only has a little bit. She's gathering sticks to make a fire. And here the man of God comes and asks for something. Requires something of her. Bring me some water. That wasn't enough. He said, bring me a small little cake. And she's like, I'm just going to make what I have for me and my son. And then we're going to die. She was at the point of complete hopelessness. But let's look at what God does. The prophet asks her, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterwards, make some for yourself and for your son. Verse 14, for thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. That was the word of God to her before she ever did anything. She was given, as Pastor Ray would all, he says often in his messages, an illogical instruction. What kind of sense does that make? Here's a widow with her son with only enough for she and her son. And God asks her to give something. He asks something not to take away from her, but to pour out abundantly to her. And look at what happens in verse 15. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. Mothers is something about being a woman that follows the direction and instruction of the Lord. We see that in 2 Kings and we see the pattern here. 
these scriptures are here not for just great storytelling. It is an example for our own lives. That when you don't know where provision is coming from and when you just think that you are at your last, look for, seek out, and listen to God's instructions. Again, I'm going to start at verse 15. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. This is the woman that just had enough for she and her son to eat and die. But because her heart was so postured in faith to trust God, before she even followed through, God knew he could trust her and made provisions for her. Verse 16, the bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. In both scriptural accounts, we see that these mothers, first of all, in their crisis, in their situation, they turn to God. They turn to God completely and first. Turning to God in that day was the man of God. Jesus hadn't come yet. And so you would have the, the, the prophets or the priests that would be the intercessors. So turning to the man of God, the prophet, was equivalent to turning to God himself. They knew, well, maybe God can't hear me for myself, but I know if I go to the man of God, he can pray for me. He can give me wisdom. He can do something about my situation and God will make up the rest. In both accounts, both mothers are doing the very best they have. They're doing the very best they can with what they have. So mother, don't feel insignificant. Don't feel insufficient. God can use exactly what you have. If it's much, put in the hands of God, it can be more. If it's little, put in the hands of God, it can be more. We can have uh, an abundance of things when we place our trust, our faith, and our resources in God. God can do immeasurably more than what we ask or think with what we have left. What in your life as a woman or as a mother do you feel that you have nothing of? Or... Where is it in your life where you feel that you are not enough, that you don't have enough? Are you lamenting over things like, man, I wish I would have brought my kids to the Lord sooner? Are you having regret from an outside voice? It's not the voice of God. And it's not your voice that is accusing you. See, had you given your life to the Lord a long time ago, this wouldn't have happened. This wouldn't have happened. Things would have been so much better. Where is it in your life that you think it isn't enough or you're not enough or you don't measure up? I want you to, you can write that thing or have it in your mind or your heart. And I want you today at some point to give it over to God and know from this message that it is enough. You are enough because God said so. As mothers, we are always, I mentioned this earlier, always pouring in or pouring out. And so in that, let's look at what God would have us to do. Number one, I want to encourage you 
as you are pouring into your children or as you are pouring out Number one, do like the woman, the widow with the two sons in 2 Kings. She had good women, good neighbors. She was surrounded with people that were willing to help her. Surround yourself with a few good women. It's okay to ask for help. Your community doesn't have to be a large community, but who is it that you can go to in the time of need? Right now, you may feel like there isn't anybody I can go to. You know what? Get yourself connected with a good church. We'd love to have you here at Converge Church, even if you are in another state. You can send us an email and we can do virtual membership. We'll get to that a little later. But I want to encourage you from these examples as a mother, get with other mothers. Get with it. Just You can just start with one. I almost think one is God's favorite number. That is not scriptural. That is just what I say. He sent his one and only son. We know the parable that he goes after the one lost sheep, leaves the 99 behind. And so I look at that. If you just find one good person in your life, that when your oil is running low and you have an instruction, there is somebody that you can go to and gather resources from. Seek God and do what he says. So many times our circumstances are screaming so loud and we can just with all good intention get a little frazzled and think, oh my goodness, I've got to figure this out or I'm going to have to do this or how can I work it out? When, when that trouble comes, the first thing we need to do is just stop and look to the Lord and not just stand there and say, well, God, do you see me? Why are you allowing this to happen? We need to seek God. These widows, they sought the Lord. Not only did they seek him, they did what he said. They followed illogical instructions. What if the first widow in second Kings, maybe she didn't have a good relationship with her neighbors. She didn't let that stop her. She might not have even known her neighbors. She could have been in mourning for a long time. We don't know what her situation was, but she followed the instruction. She did exactly what God asked her to do through the prophet. And God did exactly what he said he would do. And what he is going to do for us, make provision. One thing that I like about in that first uh, text that we read in 2 Kings is that this mother was grooming her children, not just for independence, but she was grooming them for independence and support. As mothers, we need to position ourselves that our children can see us trusting God. When this widow needed the vessels, she didn't run around going and get vessels. She sent those young men. They were a part of what God was doing. Mothers, you don't have to... Uh, know a whole lot of scripture. You don't have to be a speaker. You don't have to be a leader in your church, but just allow your children to see you trusting God. You don't have to tell them um, the deep secrets of the family or the worries if that's not a comfort level for you. But when you allow them, when you allow your children to see you trusting God, guess what? It builds their faith to trust in him. And as mothers, that is one of our most honorable responsibilities to point our children to the God that loves them so much. Allow them to see God's love first in us, see God's love work for us. And out of that, it, he will draw them closer to him. 
Let your children see you trusting God and invite them to be a part of that process. A lot of times what we do at home, if there is a, a family situation going on or a family desire, we'll just get at the kitchen table. We'll have, we don't, we've called family meetings before, but in these days, since we've been, you know, quarantined, we haven't necessarily said, oh, it's the family meeting. But what we've been doing, we've been sitting down, doing our daily devotions together. And if there is a prayer need in the family, we just pray all together. Some days just Pastor Ray prays. Sometimes I just pray. Sometimes we invite the children to pray. We teach them how to pray for one another. If one of them says, oh, I want to do something, and it's a, a situation where we need to pray and believe God to come through or pray for their protection, we invite them as brother and sister to pray for one another, not just so they can just say words to one another as siblings, but as they see God work, as Levi sees God work in Nia's life and vice versa, not just with mommy and daddy, that helps them to trust who God is. I know I said this earlier, but here is my point. Uh, another point I have, what you have is not insignificant, nor is it insufficient. Again, this is another good point I want you to write down. What you have is not insignificant, nor is it insufficient. Now, for those of you that have got needs out there, you may not be working, your shifts may have changed, and you're like, you know what, Pastor Wendy, I have a need right now, and it doesn't look like this need is going to be met. God doesn't rain money down from heaven. He absolutely doesn't. But what you have the ability to call on him, what you have, the opportunity to connect with your church family, what you have, a prayer in your heart, what you have, a little bit of oil where you think you have nothing, but you got this little bit of something over here. That little bit of something is not insignificant and it is not insufficient in the hands of our loving father. I told you earlier we were going to be in the Old Testament. Now let's flip over to the New Testament. We're going to go to the book of Luke. If you get to the New Testament, it starts off with Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke is the third chapter of the New Testament. We're going to be in Luke chapter 7, and we're going to start at verse 36. Luke 7, 36. We're going to read verses 36 through 39, and then we're going to skip down to verses 44 through 49. I'm reading again out of the New King James Version. Luke 7, verse 36. Then one of the Pharisees asked him, Jesus, to eat with him. And he, Jesus, went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner... When she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with her hair. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now, when the Pharisees who had in Invite Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him, Jesus, saw this, 
he spoke to himself saying, this man, if he was a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered his wicked thoughts with this. And Jesus, verse 40, and Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. And then Jesus gives him a parable, an example. Let's skip down to verse 44. After he gives Simon this example, in verse 44, he, Jesus, turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she, she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with her, the hair of her head. Verse 45, you, Simon the Pharisee, gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. And those who sat at the table with Jesus began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he says to the woman, your faith has saved you. Now go in peace. And you say, what does that scripture have to do with Mother's Day? A whole lot. As women, mothers or not, we can find ourselves in a heap of mistakes. We can find ourselves in a heap of trouble because of our choices. But what we see here and what I want to point you to is the fact that this woman did not allow what other people were going to say about her stop her. Imagine in that culture going to a house dinner or lunch and you haven't been invited. And she pressed through the crowd to do what? to worship him at his feet. And she didn't just give him a little bit of worship and adoration, she poured out. Number one, she poured out her heart. Yes, we see her tears pouring out and she's wiping his feet with her hair, but she poured out her love for Jesus in her boldness as a woman to just be close to the Savior. We also see that she poured out her best. The fragrant oil that she used, it wasn't any Johnson and Johnson's baby oil. It was top dollar, the best of the best, all of what she had. And she poured it out lavishly unto the Lord. This is before she's repented of her sins. She recognized him as Christ, recognized him as savior. And as soon as she had the opportunity, she went running to worship, to pour out love right at his feet. The scripture doesn't tell us if, the, if this woman was a mother or not, but as a mother, I find myself really wanting to be that same woman, 
to be the woman that isn't perfect, that has mistakes as a mother and as a woman. And as soon as I hear about the opportunity, press through what everyone is saying and just posture myself at the feet of Jesus. I think this is so beautiful for us as mothers. No matter whether we've been a perfect mother or a flawed mother, whether we've been able to give our children a lot or a little, we need to press through the circumstance, press through what people would think about us and find ourselves pouring out worship, pouring out love and gratitude to the Savior that is calling us by our name. Pouring out our best, that's where I want to be found, being extravagant for the Lord Jesus himself. I'm not perfect as a woman or as a mother, and I have fallen short, especially as a mother, so many times, but I want to be like this woman. I want to be like this woman that just pours out her worship, that in the midst of my mess-ups, I want to have the courage to press through anything and place myself at the feet of Jesus. In our culture, onlookers will judge what you do. Onlookers will judge what you don't do. But place your feet, place yourself at the feet of Jesus. Run to the Father who can change your circumstance in an instant. I know what it's like for onlookers to, to judge your, <laughs> your, your, your motherhood, your mothering skills. Oh my goodness. You would not believe uh, my daughter when she was 15. Uh, she had come and asked when she was 13 or 14, she, could she get a nose ring? And I said, no. I've always wanted to put in a nose ring. I don't know if that time has passed or not. We'll see. I'm still thinking about it. So when she asked me, Mommy, can I get my nose pierced? Daddy, can I get my nose pierced? I was all about it at first. But I thought, that's pretty permanent. So just wait another year. Ask me next year. Ask us next year. Even though she and I had a conversation, it was with me, her, and her dad. But it's Mother's Day, so... For technical reasons, I'm leaving him out. But uh, for for this setting, I'm leaving him out. But technically, he was there. So she says, can I get this nose ring? And I'm all excited. I'm like, yes, but wait. Wait till next year. So the following year, she asks, can I go get this nose ring? And she, her dad and I agreed. And so we got it all together. We She did her research. We did research. We watched videos. We found a great place for her to get her nose pierced. Let me tell y'all, the judgment that came my way, the things people said because we allowed Nia to get her nose pierced. So guess what? There'll be some decisions that you make and people won't agree with. There'll be some things that you choose to do that people will just say, why would you do that? But you know what? That was the decision for Pastor Ray and I to make. We let her get her nose pierced and... It has been a nice situation. Piercing her nose didn't make her lose her mind or get wild because she don't know. Well, she knows. Y'all might not know, but she knows. I wouldn't have any of that. If piercing her nose was going to cause her to lose some common sense, I'd just take it out. I'm not having any foolishness in my house. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> Getting back to uh, our message. But sometimes in the midst of everything, you can feel judged as a mother or you can feel judged as a woman, but you know where we'll get our feeling from? Who can pour into us so that we can face the crowd? It's Jesus. 
He pours into us so that when the people say what they're going to say or when they judge how they're going to judge, help us, Lord, when we, when I am that person judging and saying. But when, when we find ourselves in a situation, if we get our feeling, if we allow God and his word to pour in us, we can face those situations with grace and with dignity. Let the Lord and your humble actions speak for you. And I love seeing this here. Even in the culture, look at the scripture. When this woman entered the house and did what she did, washed Jesus' feet, kissed his feet, poured the oil out in adoration, in love, Jesus didn't just receive it and say, okay, well, that's what she did, should do. I'm the Messiah. He defended her. Mothers, don't worry about it. You don't have to defend yourself. You let the Lord be your great defense. I remembered uh, Bishop Dale Bronner in Atlanta. He said this. I heard this in the early 90s. One time he said, the truth is like a lion. You don't have to defend it. Just turn it loose. So the truth of what this woman was doing, the truth of who she was, it wasn't for anybody to judge. Jesus himself blessed her. And he defended her. It says he turned to the woman, but looked at Simon. So when we say God will be your defense, this is not just something we want to say for you to feel good about your circumstance and just get a little more strength to go on. We see an example here that the truth of God's love for you, it will arise no matter who the critics are. We see Jesus defend this woman. But let's back up to verses uh, 44 through 47. It says here, he turned to the woman and said to Simon, she's entered your house and done what you haven't done. And her sins are forgiven. Just her act. Sometimes you may not have any words, but your heart can be so postured toward God and his sovereignty in your life that he will do far exceedingly, abundantly, and beyond what you could say with your words. No matter what circumstance you find yourself in, as a mother, as a woman, as a human being, place yourself at the master's feet. In closing, we're going to flip back further in the New Testament to 2 Timothy. Let's go to 2 Timothy. We're going to be looking at 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, and the sixth through the eighth verses. 2 Timothy 4. Six through eight. And this is what Paul is writing here as I close. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure is at hand. Well, I don't want anybody's departure to be at hand in Jesus name right now. But as our children are growing older, as we are getting older and wiser in this life, that there will come a point when we're going to look back over our lives, when we can look back over what decisions we've made, what actions we've done in the Lord. And we see Paul here. I'm going to read it to you from the New Living Translation. It says, as for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. Mothers, let us be able to say that, that our life was poured out as an offering 
not to be, maybe your life might not lead you to be a girl boss. Your life might not lead you to be the head of a company. Your life might not lead you to be an influencer on Instagram or someone on television. But can God find us faithful as mothers to bring our children up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord? Can we pour out our lives to God that, Lord, you gave me life and I am going to steward well where you've placed me? In the time of my death is near. This is what Paul was writing. Verse 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me. The crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his return. So moms, let this be said about us, that we fight the good fight of faith. That's what the woman with the alabaster box did. She fought through the crowd to be at the feet of Jesus. Finish your race. Moms, don't give up pouring truth into your children. This is a free world. And children have free will. That's what I mean. Not a free world. It's a free world. But children have free will. And your children's um, obedience or rebellion, it does not determine whether you're a good mother or not. We need to make that separation. You need to say to yourself, what my children do, the choices that they make, do not determine whether I am a good mother or not. You've got great mothers. You've got some not so great mothers. You've got not so great mothers who have children that do wonderfully and they excel in spite of. You've got great mothers that do everything right and their children use their free will to do all kind of foolishness and mayhem. We cannot allow our children's behavior to determine whether we're good or not. We can't do it. That's why it's so important to find ourselves in Christ. But finish your race. Don't stop short. Remember in 2 Kings, that mother, Elisha, told her, go and get as many vessels as you can. And she was pouring out, and they eventually ran out of vessels. Don't stop short. Don't finish your race. Speak truth to your children. Pray for them. Get around women that can encourage you. Find something in your life that you find is meaningful, whether it's baking a cake, crocheting an afghan, doing hair, making products, whatever you want to do that can fill you up. Yes, go to God first, but find your worth not just by be just by being identified as a mother. Finish your race. Remain faithful. Remain faithful to God. Remain faithful to the call of being a mother, speaking wisdom and speaking truth and pointing your children to the loving father that wants to have relationship with them. Remain faithful. Pour out your best and pour all of it out. I've heard it said um, before, it's not anything that I have uh, made up. I've heard um, pastors preach and say, just die empty. Just die empty. And that is related to a poured out life. 
When it is time for us to go and be with Jesus, just make sure you have poured out every ounce of love, not just on Jesus, but to those around you. Pour out every bit of every good word. When you see another woman that looks good, don't just say, keep it to yourself. Oh, she looks cute. Fill her up. Pour into her. Say, girl, you're looking good. And when somebody tells you you look good, don't say, oh, I got this on sale or, oh, I found this at Target. No, stand up straight and say, thank you so much and find something good about them. I like your lip gloss. I like your hair. I like your shoes. Or you might just, you might not find anything good to say. Just say, I so appreciate that. I needed that. Remember, poor me is our prayer this Mother's Day not just to our children, but to everyone around us. Lord, pour me out in good works. Pour me out in all good things. Fight the good fight of faith. Finish your race and remain faithful. I want you to listen to this video. We're going to have them play it. It's um, South African worship. The title of the song is Like Oil. And I want you, we're just going to play a little bit of it for you. And I want you to listen to the words of this song. Not just for our mothers, not just for women, but for everyone. Oh 
listen to that song just about every day. It has been in my playlist for the last two weeks. I come to you just as I am, and I lay me at your feet. It almost reminded me of this song we used to sing in the old Baptist church that says, not my mother, not my brother, but it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And so as we pour out our love on God, He is going to pour into us and fill us so that we can pour into others. This may be your first time watching us on Converge, uh, at, on weareconverge.com, uh, here on Facebook or Instagram. This may be um, your sixth time. You may have been with us this entire journey. But if you find yourself, whether you're a mom or not, whether you're a female or male, whether you're young or seasoned, if you find yourself desiring for that prayer to be your prayer, pour me. I want to pray with you today. Some of you may be in a position where you say, you know what, I want to give my heart back to the Lord. What if you've never prayed the prayer of salvation? We want to pray with you today. But the first prayer we're going to pray is that prayer, Lord, pour me out. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your example. We thank you for your son, Jesus. And now, Jesus, we come to you and we pray in your name that you fill us to overflowing. Pour into us so that we can pour out to our children and to our neighbors good things. Pour out encouragement and pour out love, the love of God that is in us. Lord, help us in these days and the days to come to be all that you have created us to be and help us to be mindful that what we have is enough. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may need to, you may be happy you may have decided, you know what, I want to rededicate my life. You know, I've kind of done things on my own. And you know what, I want to be fully committed. I want the Lord to pour into me and I want to pour out. Let's just say a simple prayer, a simple prayer of repentance and rededication. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just come to you now. And Lord, I ask you to forgive me for where I've missed it. Lord, in this moment, I'm recognizing my great need and desire for you. So, Lord, forgive me where I've missed it and where I've slipped. And, Lord, I choose right now in this moment to rededicate my life to you. Lord, help me to be where you've created me to be. And help me to see the awesomeness of being able to pour out what you've poured in me those good treasures. Lord, I love you, Jesus. I rededicate my life to you. Forgive me for where I've missed it. And Lord, give me the strength and courage to press through and walk with you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. And now, our final prayer. You may have never prayed a prayer of salvation. Maybe you've never taken the big step and right now, where you are, whether you're in your car, you may be on your couch, you may be in your media room, right now in, the, in this private moment, in the privacy of your own home, your own space, you might be feeling a little tug or a nudge that, you know what, I need to be like that woman and just press through 
the crowd of my thoughts, press through the doubt I've had and the, the wonder. And I need to press through to the feet of Jesus and finally ask him to be in my heart and to be the Lord of my life. If that is you, I would love to pray the prayer of salvation with you. I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I come to you now and I thank you for an opportunity to ask you into my heart. Lord, I ask that you forgive me of all my sins, of all the times I've turned my back on you, of every time I've missed the mark. Forgive me. And right now, I ask, Lord Jesus, that you come into my heart, that you be the Lord of my life. I recognize that you came as a baby, that you grew up to be a man, that you died for my sins, but that you rose again. I believe it in my heart. And I ask you now to come in to my heart and be the Lord of my life. I ask you to be my savior. I thank you, Jesus. It is in your name I pray. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer for the very first time, or maybe if you prayed the prayer of rededication, please let us know. You don't have to come to Converge Church, but if you don't have a church home, we'd love to, whether uh, in person, as soon as we can get back together, or virtually, to send you some resources. Again, if you pray the prayer of rededication or if you pray the prayer of salvation, please send us an email at info at weareconverge.com. Again, send an email to info at weareconverge.com. Send us an email and say, you know what? I prayed the prayer of rededication or send us an email and say, I prayed the prayer of salvation. We want to send you some resources. We'll put those in the mail to you. If you're comfortable, send us your phone number. Pastor Ray and I would love to call, give you a call and even pray with you over the phone. So if you find yourself in either of those prayers, just reach out to us and let us know. And finally, as we close, we just are so proud of our Converge Church family. You've just done a wonderful job by continuing to uh, uphold the ministry. If in this moment you feel like, hey, I don't go to Converge Church, but I want to give. Or if Converge Church is your home church and you say, yep, it's time for me to give. Uh, please, you can go to weareconverge.com slash give you can go online to our website and click that give button or you can actually text what you'd like to give to 77977 pastor jesse isn't here so i hope that i have that right if i don't have it right they'll put it on the screen but i believe it's 77977 to give again thank you so much for joining me this mother's day i love you I miss seeing you in person, but I hope you have a fantastic day. And if you're not a mom, still have a fantastic day. If you're not even a female, still have a fantastic day. But if you have a mother or if there's a mother figure in your life, give them a call, shoot them an email, drop something, something off on their porch and make their day special. 
pour into someone else today. I love you. We'll see you soon. Why is that?